0: Attention, culture consumers. Join me, the Queen of Queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights. Colleen McMillan. Flo Siegel. And Anders Drew. On Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us bohemian geek studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the forgotten entertainment family hi i'm mike and i'm elise host of crack one open with mike and elise a podcast about brews news and pop culture reviews every friday we choose a new craft beer from a different brewery and talk about the history of the beer what's in it how it was made the history of the brewery along with tasting notes and more fun facts after that, come chill with us as we bring you the latest in pop culture news and reviews. So check out Crackin' When Open, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, please notice that exits are conveniently located at the front and rear of this auditorium. When leaving the theater, we suggest that the exit at the front of the auditorium will allow you easier access to the parking areas. Thank you.
0: No, you're gross. You know you're gross. I don't see. I don't. Oh, whoa, whoa, that's not what we do here on FC. That is what I do. (laughs) Adjusting himself in his car with the lights on. He doesn't even turn the light off in his car. Uh, gremlins. Don't look it up. Don't (laughs) look it
1: up. Ah, dads, gotta love them. What have I done? What have I done? Hi, I'm Mike Field. Uh, I'm Mike Butler. And you're listening to the Forgotten Cinema Podcast. Each episode, we highlight a film that, for a variety of reasons, was forgotten by audiences. Whether it's because a more popular movie was released at the same time, or the movie simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie, or perhaps don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. If you enjoy our podcast, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Oh, you threw a new one I in did. There. I tossed I'm Amazon Music because they're a beast. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just bought Wondery, so I don't know. I figured. But I did read somewhere. Uh, uh, I don't know where. I think it was on an Instagram post that iHeartRadio is still, like, number one in produced podcasts.
0: I've, I've read that before, too. That
1: surprises me. but yeah. uh, I I think they're probably more global, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea about that side. We should know more about that side of the business since we are members of the parent company. So, yeah. You know. All right. So, Mike. Yes, we. Uh, unbeknownst to everyone else, obviously because they are probably listening to this the week after we just did the final countdown, is that we took two weeks off because of the holidays. That's right. So we are now in the cold month of January. We are kicking off again, first recorded episode of twenty twenty one, and we are doing. Oh boy, <laughs> we're doing a movie that neither Mike nor myself can remember who put it on the list. It certainly wasn't me because I didn't. Oh, see that, that. Okay. Existed.
0: Well, here we go now. So clearly, yeah. it was me. It was me clearly because now he's just throwing it my way and saying it was me. I was th- I was wondering if this if was a recommendation that we forgot to put a parentheses around and like put the who recommended it on the list. But, right. Yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Like I said before, we started recording. I, I'm going to assume it was me. I know that I watched this movie. I just. Didn't remember a lot of it when I was watching it again. And that is the movie called Palmetto. Why don't you, before we go into all the facts that we, I like to do, apparently, is uh, why don't you tell everyone what Palmetto is about? Uh,
0: all right. <laughs> <laughs> After being released from prison on a bum charge, Harry Barber is out for some payback to regain the two years he has lost. He is hired by Mrs. Malroe to fake the kidnapping of her stepdaughter, the daughter of a dying millionaire. He discovers that he is being set up on multiple levels and will soon face a longer prison sentence if he does not prove the truth to the police. It's an okay synopsis. I guess. Uh, Palmetto came out on Friday,
1: February 20th, 1998. So it's a late 90s movie, which you know it means that it was so easy for us to find. Oh yeah. I had to watch a standard def. That's the only version available with standard definition. That is that that's angering me on many levels. So runtime of 114 minutes, rated R. Couldn't find a production budget because I guess we just don't want it. We didn't want to keep track of that in the 90s.
0: Uh, I just don't think anybody really cared.
1: They <laughs> lost those in, in some kind of Castle Rock Entertainment uh, purge. Oops. <laughs> Opening weekend, it did 2.8 million dollars domestic and worldwide are the same 5.8 so i guess it really didn't probably go out worldwide production company castle rock entertainment and columbia pictures distributed by sony pictures releasing so this movie came out on the 20th it came up against the movie senseless starring marlon waynes which i did not see and the apostle which is with robert duvall i think he directed that it was a wide release have you ever seen the apostle i,
0: seen the apostle. Yes. I forgot that that was what it was called
1: yes the limited release you had dangerous beauty and mrs dalloway amongst others on the 27th of February, you had Dark City, which is a very good movie. Yeah. Kissing a Fool, eh, Krippendorf's Tribe, which is inappropriate. And Listen. Caught Up in a limited release, you had an Alan Smithy film, Burn Hollywood, Burn. Now, do you know the whole thing about Alan Smithy uh, and that whole what, what that name means?
0: Yeah, it means the director is so ashamed of his movie that Correct. he does not want to admit that he directed Correct. it.
1: Correct. So that's the if he's successful in getting his name off or I guess you might, yeah, I think you have to make some kind of claim to the DGA or something like that. That's the name they would put on. But I don't think they do that anymore because everyone knows about it. So Call I think it's it. something else. On the 13th of February, you had The Wedding Singer. This is the week before. So I really like The Wedding Singer. You had The Borrowers and Mike. You had. Sphere. No, man, no. So for those who don't know, before we started this podcast in May of 2019, well, I guess the months before May, when we started recording the episodes, we did a practice episode uh, for Sphere. And the reason why I always make fun of Mike is because we went into that episode where Mike likes Sphere, but we left that episode where Mike angry at me because I made him understand how Sphere is not a good movie. Correct. Is yeah. That accurate? Plus just rewatching it. It's yeah. Just, yeah. I shouldn't say that it's not a good movie. It just has flaws. That's all. It's just oh. a flawed film. <laughs> it's just a fl- <laughs> Listen, not everything's a, not everything's a hit.
0: We don't release it. Not because it's, it's probably a fun conversation. It's just really rough. Oh, it's rough. It's like we
1: were recording in my dining room. So it was windy almost. Like I think we. No, that was in the boss's office.
0: Oh, did yeah, we record we were, that upstairs? think yeah, we, we recorded that in her office. She let us use the office, so we didn't know where to put the microphones.
1: Oh, the right, room. right. Oh, yeah. good time. See, see, not ev- great. see, everyone out there who wants to do a podcast, just start. It doesn't matter where you start. It's how you, it's how you get to where you go. So don't worry, whatever that means. So just don't <laughs> – it doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it. So you also had an limited release on the 13th, Hurricane Streets, and The Only Thrill. So this movie is directed by – Volker Schlondorf. I'm really unfortunate that that's his last name. He's a German director. He has done Young Torless, which was uh, one best foreign film. I believe it was a 60s film. He's also... uh, Did that win best foreign film? Maybe the Tin Drum is what I'm thinking of. He also did the Tin Drum. And more recently, Diplomacy. He's in his 80s right now. Written by E. Max Fry. He has been nominated for an Oscar for Foxcatcher. He's also done Where the Money Is and Amos and Andrew. He is also a writer slash... Well, he wrote an episode of Band of Brothers on the TV show, but I believe he's a creator or a producer for The Alienist, the first season of The Alienist, and he's written some episodes on that. This is actually based on a book by James Hadley Chase called Just Another Sucker. Uh, for those out there, any Chase fans out there. So cinematography by Tomas Klaas. He did Fear, uh, Showtime, Don John, and a bunch of music videos, Madonna. I think did Lady Gaga. I saw a ton of music videos on his list.
0: That's how you cut your teeth usually. Oh, no. Like, that's where the money is. Like now.
1: Like that's what he had been doing throughout, <laughs> right? He doesn't do cool. too many movies. He does a lot of music videos.
0: Maybe he was put off after he did this movie.
1: <laughs> Composer Klaus uh, Doldinger. I apologize if I said that wrong. Doldinger? I think you were right. He has composed the music for Das Boot, which is an awesome film, and The Neverending Story. Edited by Peter Prisgata. He has done Last Exit to Brooklyn, Paris, Texas, and Wings of Desire. And yeah. produced by Matthias Wenlant. And he's produced mostly German films. Uh, none that probably anybody knows. And none that I knew. And it was he so... I
0: just worked with Schlondorf. Schlondorf?
1: Schlondorf. Yeah, Schlondorf. that's such an unfortunate name. Uh, Woody Harrelson plays Harry Barber. He is nominated for an Oscar for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri... For the Messenger and for the People vs. Larry Flint. He's also in Natural Born Killers and he's fantastic on the TV show True Detective, the first season. Elizabeth Shue as Ray Mulroney or Mrs. Donnelly. We'll get into that. She is in Adventures and Babysitting Everybody. She's also, <laughs> we did her movie uh, last season. Last season? This season? Two, last season. Last season. No. Two seasons ago? No, last season. Trigger Effect. Yep. She's also, she was nominated for an Oscar for Leaving Las Vegas. She's in Cocktail, Soap Dish, and Hollow Man.
0: She's very good in the boys. Those her Elizabeth, she's yeah.
1: good in all these movies that I listed.
0: She should have got more
1: more stuff. I, I think agree. that's yeah. one of
0: my notes that we when we get into it. Yeah, now. Gina Gershon is
1: Nina. She Nina is the girlfriend of Harry Barber. Uh, she is in Bound, Showgirls, Killer Joe, and Face Off. Michael Rappaport as Donnelly. That is in True Romance, Beautiful Girls, which we just did, mm-hmm. uh, Deep Blue Sea, and Higher Learning. Chloe Savini as Odette. She's in the movie Kids. She's also in the TV show Big Love. She was nominated for an Oscar for the movie for Boys Don't Cry, and she's in American Psycho. Tom Wright as John Rennick. He is in the Barbershop 1 and 2, Murder at 1600, World Trade Center, and he is in a ton of TV shows. And if you've seen this movie and you look at the character, John Rennick and Tom Wright, you probably noticed him from Seinfeld. He's in a ton of Seinfeld. He plays a lawyer in Seinfeld, I believe. I believe he's in the last episode. I think. No, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Mark McCauley as Miles Meadows. He is in *Instinct*, *Bad Boys* from Justin DeKelly. I know a, B- a Butler's fav- favorite movie and the 2004 *The Punisher*. That not the TV show, but the actual movie with Thomas Jane. Rolf Hopp as Felix Moreau. He is a German actor. He's in movies as Sardish. *Orpheus Ender, Underwelt, in Kit and *Kitten Company*, <laughs> Kit and Co*. He passed away uh, 2018. So I have no facts on this movie because there are none, and. Well, this, this podcast episode is probably going to be more about the movie in and of itself. Okay. So I know you didn't like it, and I'm not going to fight that. I'm not going to fight <laughs> that feeling. I, I, I'm not going to say I didn't. There's stuff in here that I liked. There's stuff in here that didn't, I did not like or I didn't, I didn't understand what they were doing. And, I mean, we can get into that. What's your biggest, probably, besides the blanket statement of it's boring, what's All your right, biggest
0: thing about biggest it? My biggest thing about it, I guess, is, well, A, I think my exact quote to you was, because the Best of Times episode has just released when we we're recording this, mm-hmm. That and I wasn't a big fan of that. This movie made me want to go back and watch oh, Best of Times. Well, there's no need to crap on <laughs> another movie. Uh, but I think my biggest complaint is my notes. I don't have many notes. Until about an hour into the movie. Like, that's when my notes start. That's when this movie starts. Like, this movie is my second note about this movie after, hey, it's a palmetto bug. (laughs) It's the movie. Uh, It's boring. And then you finally get into the next hour, and it's still a bad movie. It is not very good, but it becomes slightly interesting and watchable. Uh, Halfway through the movie, you have to get slog through 50 minutes to get to, okay, here's the actual movie. But you
1: don't, Recognize the staples of film noir as you're watching this movie, because that's what this movie is trying to be—a a pulp kind of film noir femme fatale type oh, story. Ab- yeah, that those elements are in there. They just
0: don't do it well, or they do it too much. They they knock, much like Woody Harrelson knocks a guy over the head with a rubber flashlight—a clearly rubber.
1: Flashlight. Oh, I didn't notice that rubber flashlight, but okay, it, it bends over. Well, it's head. movie making, man. <laughs> it
0: happens. <laughs> They really wham you over the head with these moments to the point where the characters are just absolutely ridiculous and stupid. And it's almost some of the characters, especially uh, Raya Moreau, Elizabeth Shue's character, is just so overdone. It's almost like she's in a naked gun, like a, a Leslie Nielsen version of a noir movie.
1: So there we can. I don't want to go from the beginning, but let's go with her character. OK. I know Butler went through the plot a little bit. She he gets out of prison And he's looking for a job and he can't find one. And she happens upon him in a restaurant and you find out that it's not just happenstance. And she wants him to pretend to call, like she tells him she is married to this older man who's rich, who's wealthy, lives on the Island. Palmetto is down in Florida, Mm -hmm. lives off this, on this Island. He's super rich and he is ill. So, and he's just living out his days there and she's considerably younger than him. And she tells Barbara that, my stepdaughter, his daughter is going to be kidnapped. She's going to disappear. He's going to think she's being kidnapped. Right.
0: It's all set up.
1: It's all set up. She's not there. The stepdaughter and Ray are involved in it. All Barbara has to do is call and say he has the daughter, pick up the money. They'll split it. He gets 10%, which is 50,000. He's going to ask for $500,000. That's all it is. Right off the bat, you know, that's bogus because you know, you're like, all right, something's up. Yeah. So... They present her as a femme fatale. She comes in, you know, she plays the, oh, she's she's wearing tight clothes. It's hot out. but It's constantly hot. It's either raining in this movie or it's super hot or right. both at the same time. Everyone's sweat and everyone's wet all the time, which I kind
0: of like that. that we'll get into that. Yeah. yeah. That, that was one that of That fits yeah. within
1: the motif of a film noir. So they take her character and that's how they, she's presented. And throughout the whole thing, you can tell, you know that she's been- being manipulative, especially when they go and meet at the bungalow and she, and you know, to have the first initial meeting and she basically makes a pass and they have sex and, and she's, no, I know, I know, I know she, you can tell like she's being extremely manipulative and I'll get into Barbara's character, but in terms of her character, that's the whole way until the very end of the movie. When she goes insane, when she just acts like she's, Like, doesn't understand what Batman villain, right? She doesn't understand. (laughs) Like, they have her surrounded. She just comes out, like, hey, boys. And it's like, you don't try to. I don't, it was a little weird in terms of her character arc. Oh, absolutely. And then she's looking to Harry, like,
0: oh, I love you. We're going to be together.
1: Yeah, it was. They were doing stuff like that. I get back in the car uh, and she's like, oh,
0: I guess it's over between us.
1: Yeah, it, it, her character did a complete 180. And if that was the intent of that character, if she was always meant to be unhinged in that way there needed to be more of that within the beginning of the story, within in the middle and stuff like that. Because what we understand is that she is married to Donnelly because she is Mrs. Donnelly. Right. Right. Because so you find out she is not Felix's wife. She's actually works at the she's house and she's right. married to Michael Rappaport car- character Donnelly, who is basically like a bodyguard. Oh, they're not married. They're going to get married. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they're together. So, you know, but then you, you discover that, but so yeah, her character arc is a little it, it ends a little weird, and I think that's a direct reflection of the fact they didn't do enough within the bulk of the movie to reveal that to you, if that was her ultimate ending.
0: What would work is, because the whole movie I'm watching Elizabeth Shue act in this, and I know she's a great actress, she's really good, but they're just using her to this ridiculous degree. It's like, I know she can act, so this isn't her fault. It's like she's being told to overact to this ridiculous degree, but if they played up that crazy angle a little bit more throughout the film... Then I can forgive that overacting because that's what she knows. That's how she thinks. She is insane.
1: Well, I will say this about Elizabeth Shue: I you can definitely tell there was a real considered effort because this movie comes out in the span of Trigger Effect and Leaving Las Vegas. She mm-hmm. clearly was picking roles to present herself in a different light on screen because in Trigger Effect she has that scene with Comical Ackland and she's flirting with the you know with, with her husband's best friend and she's uh, you know very sensual and, and seductress uh, you know leaving Las Vegas she plays a prostitute who is you know
0: or, yeah she might be like hey I'm just saying she's, I have limited time where I'm gonna be you know this
1: well she know. clearly was picking roles that yeah. she w- were, are different from what she came up as right
0: maybe she wanted people to look at her sexually like that and of be course like, oh, I want you that's fine well that's how you
1: get jobs that's how you that's exactly. how you get different roles you you show that you can do other roles and
0: uh, you know in a conceited actory way you know you want people to really want you That's a, that's a thing listen Meg Ryan did it in the cut for the exact same exactly. reason exactly i don't that's a, that's fine oh no I, i'm not saying anything wrong with that it's it's not that she is overly sexual it's that it, her character is like when she presents herself like a, like there are some more subtle more sexy ways where i'm less uncomfortable okay
1: well what mike's referring to why don't you explain the scene that so, you're referring to
0: in the bungalow when she's first telling harry about the job the specifics of the job and they have this ridiculous conversation where harry basically gets her on tape saying admitting everything about but well, she doesn't know. Whatever. But yes. She doesn't know. Yeah.
1: That.
0: She's, she's trying to get Harry to to work to like basically be putty in her hand, essentially. So she's trying to you know seduce so some very classic tomara stuff. But she does so in such an overt way to the f- the point where she literally throws herself against bungalow doors and goes, ah. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, first because he, he
1: searches her first, for a wire.
0: First, no, the wire was first. First, he yeah. searches her for a wire, and it's ridiculous and overly <laughs> sexual, which that's more about Harry's character. And then she goes, okay. Uh, and then she throws herself against the bungalow doors and literally sticks her butt out. And she says, search again, says, search again. But she's absolutely just presenting herself like that. So it's so overdone and ridiculous that I, I have seen similar situations in noir type movies that aren't quite so uncomfortably ridiculous. I, See, guess.
1: I don't think it's as ridiculous as you're saying. I think if it's at an 11, you could dial it back down to an eight and it works. Uh, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. It's just too overdone. Right. But like you said, if they played up that crazy angle at the at the end, I understand. Because I would believe she's playing a character that she literally thinks she's a femme fatale. If If we got any hint of that at all, that she thought of herself as this character, maybe she likes film noirs. Maybe she wants that better life. Maybe that's how she thinks of herself. Something like that, which maybe in the novel they expand upon. That would work. There's not enough done uh, for her
1: character, but also that scene is indicative of Harry's character, which we can get into as well. We don't know anything about Harry. We really don't know at the start. We know he's in prison. You right. find out later why he's in prison, mm-hmm.
0: but he went into prison an honest man. He went into prison a man on principles. That's one thing you do learn right at the beginning. You don't know why, but you do learn he's a man of principle because when Rennett comes to pick him up, they right. kind of talk about that. Like it's The town's clean now, Harry. Yes, yeah, every, but you, but you over he's a that. principled man, right? That's what we get told.
1: We exactly, <laughs> but his actions in the movie are not that way. But and I know what I think I know what they're trying to say that prison changed him, you know, like, but I need to see that. I need to hear at least a story about that. Like, if he went in a principled man, but prison for two years on a crime he did not commit, that he got framed. It, the indication is that it almost made him a criminal. You know what I
0: mean? You get a sense of that at the very beginning when he yells at the judge's TV. Yes. Yeah. Where
1: are my two years? Where are my two years? Yeah. Like,
0: it's great that I'm free, but what are you going to do about the yeah. two years? And then you get that at the end when he's talking to Nina and she asks him why he did all that. He did. Right. And he tries to explain it, but then Donnelly comes in and it completely. Right. There's no so expl- it. There's
1: no explanation. There's no even a scene where it shows how Harry has changed or
0: it shows his mindset. So there's a missed opportunity there, but also, well, you do get Chloe Savigny's character also when she's, when he tells her about the job, she goes, Oh, so now you don't want to let money go by again.
1: Yeah. But that's, but I want, I need something more. That's Let's a put personal motivate. Yeah, yeah. That's more. Yeah. I just, but here's the other thing with Harry. He's bumbling, but not, he's a tough guy, but not, he's smart, But But, not like, like, that's the thing. Like there's things that some, he does one thing, you know, he's really smart to record the conversation, but he's so stupid. He tries to throw the typewriter away and he can't even get it into the water. um, Right. He tries to act, he's bumbling, but then there's moments when he's not bumbling. He's like, when he walks into the post, which is a funny moment when he's trying to be slick, but that doesn't carry through. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing like. You know, it'd be funny, Woody.
0: What if you walk into the pole right there? Right, right. See,
1: like a classic staple of not just film noir, but maybe like detective is like the detective's always getting the crap kicked out of him. People are always underestimating the detective until the
0: very end. Look at Dick Tracy. When we did Dick Tracy, that was a comic book version. But Dick Tracy, yeah, always losing. He's getting kidnapped and beat up the whole time. Yeah.
1: And with this movie, it's almost also with this movie is everything's so overt. In terms of what's happening that we know he's getting set up. We know that it's and it's as clear as day. It's not like they're hiding it from him. We know that right.
0: something's up, but he keeps going. But I think even he knows he's getting set up. That's why he's recording everything. That's why he's so suspicious at the bungalow. That's why he's looking for a wire. Well, here's the thing. He records everything.
1: Right. And then he's like, I'm going to play my hand. I'm going to. I'm going to give it to my girlfriend, go and and let's, let's get this done with. But he doesn't re- erase the rest of the tape because he has sex on the tape. Yeah. He doesn't stupid. erase it. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. Like there's, there's different things that he does and then he screws himself over. And
0: if, and if that's part of his character, I need to understand that more. Oh no, absolutely. When he picks up the money and he tells the rich guy, you know, drop this money off, just throw it out the window at this flashlight and I'll come pick it up. He's in his car. Right. I immediately see the tire tracks. It's the first thing I thought was, well, they're going to trace those tires back and then he walks across the mud i'm like well they're going to see your footprints mm-hmm. it's like all of that and then they get there and then he's yeah, there's a cigarette on the ground and it's just like and and they're identifying these things you're a reporter you've only been in prison for 2 years and then you go oh dna yeah right it's 1998 yeah, man yeah yeah that's yeah agreed if this was 1961 when this book mm-hmm. was written when's the oj sure.
1: when's the oj trial 94 yes so that was a big part of the trial DNA. How does he not
0: know that he's in prison? No, see, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. And he's not in, he's not in a hardcore prison. He's in a white collar prison. Yeah. So they have TV. He's, you can see the world around him. It doesn't make any sense. And to to just carry this kind of, this conversation to carry it
1: over and into the character development, we meet Nina in the middle of the road. She comes up as Gina Gershon and she comes up and she kisses him sultry. And it's like, Oh, you taste good. You smell good. Like, Very seductive. Right. But the rest of the movie, she is like, she's a character that is just the kind of supportive girlfriend character. Oh yeah, sure. Oh, you're going to get that. She's never what she was in that road. And then at the end of the movie, she is, she accepts what he does super easy. Oh, there's a dead girl in the trunk. Okay. All right. And then she's, oh, she just goes along with the plan.
0: It's like, what is the character here? Uh, yeah, it makes no sense. It, That's just to go along with the conversation of the other two character developments. Yeah, yeah, because you're right that she almost presents herself as the femme fatale, this bad force that's bringing him back to town. And then it's like, no, she's a good force. They would need it. She's trying to set you on the right path. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the character at the beginning. And then at the end, she's like, I'll go with you. But she doesn't know that he had sex. And then she finds that he has sex. And then she's like, well, this is off the deep end. Yeah, and she's still okay with it. Uh, But at the very end, I don't think she's okay with it, which is just like Harry's just as crazy as everybody else because he's like, oh, baby, and he hugs her, and her eyes are like, what the fuck am I doing here? (laughs) And it's just, that's the one part of the movie where I was like, that's a real character. Because even Renick pisses me off because he's like, Harry, buddy, what's going on? Harry doesn't like you, dude. He didn't like you at the beginning. He didn't like you at the middle. Yeah, he doesn't like uh, you at the end. Yeah. Why are you trying to be best friends with this guy? Well,
1: he, they're a brother-in-law because he is married to Nina's sister. And
0: you get the idea that Nina's been his girlfriend for so long that even he confuses her as his wife.
1: But here's the thing. You never meet the sister as a character
0: at all. She has no... But no
1: line. I don't know if you caught this, but when Rhea's character is at... They go to the art show and she's oh, in the sister book. walks by the yes. wa- So clearly there's a scene because oh, the yes. sister was coming up to Harry to talk. I have a
0: note about that going, oh, missed scene. So I... I
1: there is some there is some work that needed to be done, maybe not on the script stage, but in the whatever. But there is stuff that is inconsistent in terms of character development that greatly affects the story at a lot.
0: Oh yeah, there's there's it's an it's an hour and what forty nine minutes. It's almost two hours. Yeah. Why isn't it two hours? It's the <laughs> same know. length as. I mean, not that I wanted more of this movie. Um, but the uh, the editor, the director, if there are other scenes, didn't go, well, we might need that to explain these characters. Like, they, Did they just look at this as if the case was the only thing that mattered, as if the mystery was it? Because the mystery isn't compelling enough because it's such a personal mystery that you need these characterizations because they are the mystery. the The case involved is so tied to these characters that you can't just be like, you know, there are some movies where that works. The story is what's important, not the characters. It's not that not the case in this movie.
1: No, there's parts when he goes to the when the DA brings him in to he, they want to hire him as a press liaison. Yeah. And he just overtly acts guilty. He acts guilty. And Rennick's a cop. Oh, yeah. Rennick should have known that immediately. He just is like, "Whoa, what's going on? It's like, and then the best part about it, it's a Sunday. They bring him in to talk to him all from the job. He starts working immediately. Yeah. It's here's,
0: Sunday. Here's your, here's your office. Yeah. I know it's not much, but it'll get bigger.
1: Exactly. It, that made <laughs> no sense. I mean, and I don't know if that's, and I don't want to assume this, but obviously you have a German director. I don't know if that's just not understanding uh, uh, what... You know, when people work in America maybe or, or how it works or sure. maybe you German, just didn't
0: get you didn't care. I just don't think they care. Yeah. Even in Germany, they got a five day work day. Come on. <laughs>
1: but it's just like I'm sitting there going, it's Sunday. Why is everyone in this office? Why Why are we getting to work on a case that is not technically ours yet, but you have discovered a bank transfer and nobody's asked you for help, but you're preparing to start working on the case and you're acting like it's already your case. Right.
0: I can understand the DA and the assistant DA being in the office. Sure. But no one else. Yeah. Also, that car comes to pick him up real quick. Or when he goes to, they're like, oh, the money got dropped. Oh, we need to pick you up. He goes, well, I'm going to need a car because he, he masked mashed up his last Right, car. right. That car comes five minutes after his conversation <laughs> with uh, Nina, which, by the way, goes nowhere. His drinking thing.
1: He- yeah, I, w- I was gonna say that. Is it a trope now in movies where if you're an alcoholic or somebody who abuses alcohol, not mean an alcoholic, but just somebody who doesn't want to drink anymore, you always buy yourself a drink and never drink it? Is that a trope now? Because that is, I see that too many times.
0: I I've seen it a couple times, but I don't know if that's a trope. But you know, I don't know. It's like the easiest
1: way. that's it's like almost like the easiest way to show the audience that he has a drinking problem. It's true, yeah. and he's struggling with it. Is he buys himself a drink, but he doesn't pay for it, and then the bartender's giving him an attitude, but we don't know why
0: because he is an innocent man, but the bartender's completely giving him tood. Uh Also, he buys two sodas and a martini and he tipped that guy 20 bucks. Why are you being mean to this guy? Yeah, I <laughs> he tipped really well. And to uh, while we're sticking
1: on the on the restaurant beat, so Barbara gets a job, and he's gonna make the threatening phone call. Why do you use the restaurant you frequent often for the phone call? Uh, why, I was the right, same thing. Why when you get to the DA's office and they say, "Hey, we'll we'll figure it out," you get on the phone, you call your accomplice through the DA's. through the your, I mean, I I just don't understand it because
0: he's an idiot. Yeah, honestly, honestly, who records everything? Who <laughs> knows why? So that he could write his book at the end.
1: Yeah, there are major story character decisions and major story. Excuse me, character developments that happened in this movie that I just, I don't understand what's going on. And I either like you, maybe we're missing scenes. Maybe we're just, I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of lost in translation where we're, I'm not understanding the story they're telling me. Because it's a bad story, but I get the plot. I, I understand the plot. It's not, it's not hard to, to make out and the twist at the end. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, at the very end. Yeah. When you realize that it's, she's not even like, I just assumed She's not even his wife. Like she's, she's saying, not his wife, the daughter wasn't even the daughter. Right, first, right.
0: So no that way. stuff was interesting. I I sure. appreciated that because it's based on a book that may in fact be good. Yeah, but the movie itself is just a bare bones version of a book. It's like they bought the rights to the book for twenty bucks, and they were just yeah I can hammer this out in a night. It's like I I wonder how many passes this went through in terms of the script. The only note I have is that Ray Liotta was up for Harry before uh, they, were, they were they him were considering or something like that. But that's this is
1: ninety eight, so you're having Goodfellas is what ninety one. That's why it. Ray Liotta's
0: yeah. hot. That's why yeah. It's just and, and like the scene when when I was really done with the movie is the scene when Harry is right after Odette dies and Odette's in his in the trunk of his car. Odette quote unquote right. Chloe Savigny's character and. He's driving on the rainy road and he's he's freaking out and he's all over the road and he's trying to get a cigarette and clearly there's a giant truck coming at him with bright lights right in his eye and he's just still driving, trying to get the cigarette, go, sh- 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 and then all of a sudden the truck beeps his horn and Harry goes, ah, like a cartoon character. Right. I got up, paused the movie, <laughs> and went to my refrigerator and grabbed the soda because I I was like, I'm um, I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick. I'm gonna grab a soda, I need a break from this movie. This is that is awful. That scene is awful. I didn't have that kind of moment,
1: but I will say that I, one moment that, well, one moment that I realized, okay, there, something's missing here. Something is off. They didn't, they're not paying attention. Right. And this was at the end. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily mean that this was shot at the end of the movie. This might've been, who knows when this was shot during the production, but they, they, Harry helps them out and he gets them to admit on tape that they did it and they come in and then the D is like, arrest them. Because he obviously was involved in the crime, he's like, "What are you doing?" And he oh, goes, yeah. "I got you reelected." And I'm like, "Uh, it's only been a couple of days. Exactly what What are we talking about here? <laughs> like, that, uh, like, you got the job maybe four days ago. You you got him reelected. How is that? Po- uh, that was just nonsense. Somebody else died.
0: This is still a huge blunder yeah. of a case. N- nonsense. That was just nonsense. When he's shocked that he gets arrested, it's like, Yeah, you're getting arrested. Yeah, it's like a double homicide." Oh my god it's so dumb. Yeah, well I mean I just I I
1: think that that told me that okay we're just not making a connection here. There's 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 something way off about this script about this production because they're clearly just like, is that a line he threw in there?
0: How long am I going to be in jail? Probably just long enough to write this book.
1: Yeah. When he's in the bungalow and and they find out from the dude that <laughs> he that rented he, it, that he rented it. And, I, and that guy's <laughs> voice, I, I, I don't know if he's fake. It sounded like a fake voice. It was like but, a
0: surfer dude voice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Harry runs. And the cop fires on him with a woman and child. Yeah, on the, like th- there's people in the
0: background on the beach, and the cops are like, boo, boo. "I'm like, what are you doing?" Rednex like, "Whoa, man!" Yeah, I just. <laughs> oh, and then Harry gets shot in the arm. He's right in the shoulder. He's yeah, bleeding out. He's running through the the rain for- this this rainforest, the jungle. This guy in a trucker hat picks him up and goes well, maybe you shouldn't be running from the cops. So clearly like, everybody knows Harry's guilty uh, already. I, I Well, I mean, I think if you're in the Everglades and you notice somebody's running
1: with a bullet hole in your arm, you, you're, you're pretty. You're,
0: you're like, yeah, okay, what are you doing? First of all, the gators could have, should have gotten them already. Well, there's a, they, there's a lot of bodies in the Everglades, yeah. Bleeding out like that? Mm-mm, mm-mm, he must smell good to those gators. <laughs> but he picks them up and goes, well, maybe you should go back to the courthouse. And so Harry's all of a sudden like, yeah. Yeah. that That's, oh yeah, that's one... Random redneck says you should go back and turn yourself in, and that's... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, if You're running through the jungle for and the, 12
1: hours. And they devise this... This hairbrain scheme
0: to within a night in and hour yeah uh, yeah, and he's dying he's clearly bleeding out and dying in the jungle and all of a sudden he's good enough to do this case but his plan was not to go to the airport where
1: we at the airport right at the end they're in the hangar they're in the hangar of the airport was it an airport or was it yeah it's an airport yeah that's not the plan the plan is to actually go to the house because at that point he doesn't know that she's not his that she's yeah. not the wife I, and he goes into the room and he he knocks over the lamp. So he's clearly not sneaking in properly. Leslie Nielsen's again. Yes. And she's there waiting. Like she's just sitting there like, and she surprises him. Like, what was your plan? I, uh, yeah. I don't, I didn't, uh, he had, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, <laughs> there's just, there, the, again, there's decisions that are made here that I don't, I sit here and I question, I go, I don't understand what's, what's going on here. Well, now we have spent probably the good part of a half hour. I don't know how long it is, but crapping on the movie right. or at least uh, maybe there's some stuff that you liked. There's a little bit of stuff okay. that I like.
0: I like when noirs are set places other than L.A., Chicago, or New York. Well, it's a great locale. Yeah, I really enjoy the Florida locale. I enjoy that Palmetto is a small town, but it's not the smallest town. It's everywhere USA, but because it's Florida, it's got an interesting look to it. And there is definitely a different look between uh, where Harry is compared to like where you know the island is, where right. where all the rich people live. That's cool. I enjoy that. It's grimy. It's sweaty. It's
1: wet. It's dirty. Like it's I like a that Florida that yeah. you usually
0: see. Yeah, it's not Miami Beach, Florida. Yeah, which is another large rope. I guess Miami is actually something they're watching. Well, but
1: yeah, but well, the Florida Everglades or the floor like down there, down in that like yeah. the the, towards the equator is a great. Locale for this type of film. Yep. And, for other, and there's been other film noir movies that have, like, I, I told Butler before the movie, I, I wanted to go watch Blood and Wine again because I wanted to kind of watch something that was good, that <laughs> did, did it right. But I, I couldn't find it because, God forbid, you can find a 90s movie anymore.
0: But, Listen, anyways, 70s, 80s. 2000s. Yeah. So something hap-
1: something's happened with the 90s films that we try to do in this podcast where they just either we can't get the right, we can't get an HD version, we can't even get a Blu-ray or a DVD. And
0: if we do find it, it the format's off.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand what the deal is. Well, it needs looks to explain worse that to than me. the 80s
0: movies. I it think what happened true. is the 90s was filled with so many really good movies that were really popular. The nineties was a great year for movies. I just remember everything else.
1: I remember the nineties being a decade of indie film and there were tons of indie films out there that were not all fantastic and great, but they were all done by talented people and they got to do with the stories that they got to do. That's the
0: thing is like, there are so many independent films with actors like Woody Harrelson, Nicolas Cage, like that we, we do on this podcast. And it's like you would think that there's some reverence for, hey, this is how these famous people started out. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there really is.
1: No. And I know that we have a lot more, not to get off topic, but I know that we have a lot more options now to watch movies and films and TVs and all that stuff. But I've yet to see that kind of resurgence of that kind of storytelling in a while.
0: And I'm hoping it's coming. Hold on, hold on. Maybe. I'm hoping it's coming. Maybe. You know. Maybe we start a, a network, <laughs> a forgotten cinema <laughs> network of film where we stream, we find and just stream films that are completely lost to time. We look up a film. Can we find this anywhere? No. Let's see how much it costs right. to buy it and put it on a screen. <laughs> Maybe that's our thing. Charge $3.99. That's called, that's called Letterboxed.
1: <laughs> it's not, it's the fact that you just can't get the original versions. Like the fact that I cannot get an HT version of this movie is a joke because the way this movie looked, even if I was only watching it 480, I know gasp (laughs) uh, that I would have actually liked to see this movie in HD. Like I wanted to see the vision that they put and maybe it was crappy. I don't know, but I want
0: to see it. I want to see the intended version. I get, I get that a lot because there's a lot of films I watch where, you know, you know, I watched a lot of stuff. I mentioned on the podcast that I was probably too young to have watched back when I watched it and probably didn't have as much respect for it back in the early nineties when I originally watched it. Now I watch it as I'm older and it's like that's not how it probably looked when I watched it when I was six. But I don't remember what I how it looked when I was six. Right. It's you like, don't remember. How did that this stuff, originally right. look? Was it always this dirty? Was it always right, this green? Right, yeah. And especially with Palmetto, it's a really dirty version we watched. It's yeah. really there's a lot of film grain, a lot of cuts. It matches. adds I mean, maybe it adds to it, but yeah. Yeah. But like, like when I remember growing up
1: and watching like ET or Closing Counters of Third Kind, Right. You know, Spielberg, sorry guys. You know, you watch me like, oh, it's great. But then when you go back, you're like, wow, it's this is really good. Like you start mm-hmm. noticing the shots and stuff like that. That's all. Uh, the other other things that I know we we're supposed to talk. I know I said let's talk about things we like. <laughs> I actually enjoy like when if you take the performances, just the performance as an, in and of itself. I, granted, they contradict with each other. Right. Would you have? Preferred, let me ask you this. Would you have preferred uh, Harry Barber? More bumbly, more I don't know what the heck is going on. I'd rather know or rather kind of knowing that he was getting set up, knowing what's going on, always being ahead of the game.
0: I'd rather have a bumbly because it's different. Right. It's, it's interesting. It's it, when he knows what he's doing, it's gen, it's so generic and awful. And obviously, like you said, contradicts his bumbliness. But when he's bumbly, it's at least Noir's the detective's always, you know, he's gonna get his man. He's, you know, he might get beat up a lot, but he knows what he's doing. I prefer, you know, the Harry stopping the door from Nina going in and finding the body. And she's like, is there a body in there? Is it the girl, Harry? And he's completely upset to the point where he can barely talk and he's half crying. That's good acting. And that's interesting. That scene was good. Yeah. So, yes, I would prefer him bumbling and like way in over his head and freaking out. That's better. Not the cartoony. I got to pull off to the side of the road because the truck's about to hit me. Yeah. But yeah. But maybe not. Bumbly to the point where he's bumping his head on everything. <laughs> I don't like the Leslie Nielsen moments. Okay. What would you, did you, would you have preferred that? Or would you prefer him being this reporter that knows everything? No, cause I don't
1: get that. I don't, I don't ever get the fact that, cause I've yet to see him do one reporter thing. He's in a, he's a journalist. He's an investigative journalist and he explains how he discovers that there's corruption in city government. Right. But like a good film noir, like that old case would come back. And I know that the Rappaport stuff is supposed to be that where the Rappaport's character, Donnelly, purposely turns state evidence. And he exonerates Harry because they want to get Harry out of prison because they think that they can get Harry involved in the scheme and then frame him, which is so stupid. You couldn't get any other person. That makes more sense if they know each other personally, if they were friends growing up. And Harry had a relationship with Donnelly. You know what I mean? Outside of like, wait, we were friends growing up. But right. you know,
0: or the rich guy was a city council member. Something who was screwed there over. There
1: needs by to Harry. be more connection yeah. because it, right now it's You're it's out of nowhere right now. a stranger asks you for help and you just blindly go with it and immediately everyone in the audience is going, "Uh, this is horseshit." Yeah. Did you do it for the money, Harry? No. Why'd you sleep with her? Well, she's a beautiful woman, but it should have been like an ex-girlfriend. Just something. There should have. There needed to be more inter intertanglement with Harry and the lives of these people where it makes sense for, if you hadn't seen a buddy, if you, a high school buddy of yours, you get out of prison. Right. And a high school buddy of yours says, I feel bad for you. Listen, I got a job for you and you're desperate. You know, I got a job for you. All you gotta do is be a voice. That's all you gotta do. You know, I'm straight, you know, I'm straight. you know, straight. You, know you grew up like that is more believable than this. You, yeah. know, do you know what I mean? Like that's, I think that's just, and you don't even have a Harry. Harry's not in a bad place. No, Everyone's I know. But thing, he is not a felon. He is not a felon. No. He he is somebody who his record has been expunged. But here's the thing. I'm not staying in Palmetto. Nina shows up and kisses him on the street. The next scene, I need to find a job in Palmetto. No, leave Palmetto. Because you clearly if people already have a preconceived notion of you in Palmetto,
0: mm-hmm.
1: why I'm sorry. You can't go get a job as a reporter in another town, in another state, where you say, like, I busted this corruption ring and they put me in jail for two years to silence me. But you know what? I got exonerated.
0: Or well, I think the whole point is, oh, man, he loves Nina so much. But you don't get that because he immediately cheats on Nina with no remorse. Yeah. It, it's, it it's makes no yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that it's, like, not thought through. You know what else is gross? <laughs> okay. So- <laughs> hey what the fish comment was like i smell like fish and then she smells like his his face uh, yeah good. yeah uh, but then also when raya comes out of having sex with harry in the bungalow mm-hmm. and he goes out and she goes in the car with donnelly and donnelly's like what will you do well i need a little bit more convincing or mm-hmm. or motivation and then like on, obviously donnelly knows what she's talking about she's literally wiping harry off her mouth Ew. and then she goes and kisses donnelly it's fucking gross <laughs> well they're not good people I mean, right, but again, we're supposed to be talking about things we like in this last and half of the book, uh, podcast. Well, I'll tell you, okay. So I,
1: I'm gonna tell you one line that I like in this movie, but it's just gonna turn into me giving you. It's 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 a comment on the movie. So one of the opening lines of the movie is Harry goes, "I tried writing in prison, but I couldn't." And his quote is, "Because there's nothing worse than a writer who doesn't have anything to say," and that's. Completely, this movie, and I'm not trying to rip on (laughs) Emax Fry. I'm not because I, I, we always talk about it takes a village to make a movie not well and to make it well. So that is not a com. It's just that's what it feels like when I'm watching this. That it's just like there's nothing. You're telling me nothing here. Like I feel, I feel no remorse about the Harry character. Like when he's writing at the end in his prison cell, I don't care. You know, I do like the fact that he starts doing the credits out on the typewriter and then the credits roll. I thought that was interesting. That was clever. That was Yeah. yeah. So, but. In terms of like the story is just, okay, I watched it. Oh, I got nothing from it. I got, except maybe like a performance here and there. Elizabeth, I already knew Elizabeth Shue was a good actress, so I didn't really need this performance to verify that. I
0: was surprised how good Gina Gershon did as the, uh, as Nina. Well, I think I she's typecast her, because yeah. of
1: showgirls in bound. She's I think she's always yeah.
0: the femme fatale or the bag. Like, right. I'm rewatching right. Brooklyn nine, nine. And she's got a whole season arc as a dirty detective. Yeah. Like she always plays those kind of characters. I get it. That's, but, that's
1: what she, that's her wheelhouse. So that's fine. I get that. Yeah. But
0: I thought it was really, I thought it was nice. And she did a great job playing the good, you know, next yeah. girlfriend. I well, she's sympathetic cool. in
1: the movie Face Off. And that's, that's, a, that's true it's, too, tough yeah. to, it's tough to kind of find that in the movie because you were just all in on Nicolas Cage and, and John the, Travolta. She's
0: the wife of the, or the girlfriend of the bad Of right? Caster Troy. Right, and she, yeah. They have a
1: son together and she doesn't want, she wants to get, away, wants from to get away from Caster Troy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's good in that. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I and mean, I Showgirls nice. show is tough to get over. Like in terms, I, mean, no, I know it's great. It's great fun. It's great pulp, you know, like, over the top, okay. you know, it's, it's hilariously terrible, but it's fun, but that affects you. It affects your I career. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But
0: yeah, her playing like a nice character, I thought was nice. Yeah. One thing I, I wasn't a big fan of it. I just want to write one this thing. Out. I just want to write this note out. So Harry is only writes on a typewriter, right? So he, everything he does is on a typewriter. Right. So he wrote out the notes to uh, the rich guy, you know, put this here. I have your daughter, whatever. All right. Now I got to throw out the typewriter why do you have to throw out the typewriter can't you take the ink ribbon out and just throw the ink ribbon away because that's got the words on it why do you have to take the whole typewriter and throw well the
1: because ribbon? they'll be able to tr- they'll be able to tell by the impressions of the typewriter on the ink on the page like like if like there's a little dig in the t uh on the actual metal of the type that's why that's why he oh. does that but you're right though he should have but you know but who would think to do yeah, exactly yeah as yeah, long yeah, as you exactly. throw away the ink yeah. ribbon yeah No, I got you. I got you. But that's, that's how they get like the same typewriter when there's little imperfections on the, the, yeah. Yeah. So when there's little imperfections on the typewriter, that's how they get it. But, but your point is valid. Like it's not, it's not invalid. (laughs) Although I did like when he throws it and it just lands in the (laughs) sand. I laughed. I did laugh. I laughed. But like, that's what I, but here's the thing. Like that made me laugh. And I'm like, why can't the whole movie be like this? Like, why can't he be like this?
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the lovable loser that we, we know he's getting A little bit more comedy would go a long way. Kind of like if this was a Shane Black movie that kind of, this kind oh, of yeah. this kind of case would
1: absolutely perfect work. perfect example because you because you're all in on those two characters because they're hilarious and they're, they're funny and you, losers, right and you know they're screwing up and it's just like but 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 again that story is more compelling
0: you know what i mean like this is that, also true but yeah. then you have these like right after he does the type – he's driving the car and he crashes which i hate which could have been done better. He's talking to that cop. Right. And that whole conversation is like five minutes well, long and it goes nowhere. Well, go back
1: to nice guys when they're the whole reason that they discover that they're getting set up is because he falls asleep at the car wheel. Cause the bumblebees talking right, to him. And exactly. the, yeah. Like that's a perfect example. Like that's how it should be done. So basically you go watch the nice guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I, I always, I, I don't hate that I watch this movie. I, I know that. I know you're like, oh, it's boring. It's like, but like, I don't mind that because there's still something I can get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that if somebody listens to this and I'm not saying you need to go watch this movie, but if you have seen this movie and you didn't like it, I I, I hope that our conversation kind of gets you to understand why it didn't work and helps you if you're a writer or helps you if you're like crafting a story to understand
0: what does work. Exactly. There's a difference between what good noir and just... Yeah. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to throw a noir together and make it Right, right. Another good example of that is The Last Seduction uh, yep. that we did. Yep. I don't think this story is terribly great, but you have a really compelling main character. Oh, well, Linda Fiorentino is fantastic in that movie. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. This movie, the story is mildly compelling toward the very end, Yeah. but your characters are awful. And if your right. story is only mildly compelling, you need that really compelling, interesting character. That you stick into a noir because a noir is so overdone, not overdone. There's a, such a proliferation of, of noir movies that you need a shtick. You need something yeah. that what makes my noir
1: well, or interesting. To your point, what's great about The Last Seduction is it follows her. You know what I mean? Like It follows it's her final, story. Yeah. It's In this one, it's Harry's story,
0: but That's it, it doesn't follow him enough. You follow him almost completely, except for two scenes where you see Elizabeth Shue. One to kind of reveal there's another woman in the background who is really Mulruth's real wife. Right. Who you get at the end. And then another shot of her going into the car and meeting with Donnelly. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you with Harry the entire time. Yeah. and so I sh- Why
1: do those two roles? And I should backtrack because it's not just the fact that it follows Harry, yes. but But also, we don't ever learn anything about Harry because in this entire movie, Harry is reacting to everything. Right. You know what I mean? Like I talk about like, I want to know why prison changed him. I want to know why, why he goes in one way and he comes out this way. Right. You know, like we don't get that. All we get is Harry, Harry's character reacting to all the stuff that's happening to him.
0: That's it. it. His reaction to hit the guy over the head with the flashlight is also completely out of character. Well, here's the thing. Nobody's in the parking lot. Nobody's in this packed parking lot that can see you do that. uh, I rewound the movie after the guy or not. After the movie's over, I rewound it to see. So the guy who he hits over the head with the flashlight starts describing Harry and his 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 buddy goes, well, Harry, he could be describing you. You know it's, you know it's Harry. I know. Why is he so stupid? I, all, I, I, Renacal, I know. All these hints should be playing Harry. I know. Give me that angle. And also, the guy who's describing Harry never freaking sees Harry because I rewound it mm-hmm. to the point where he hits him over the head with a flashlight. And at no point did that guy turn around. He hit him over yeah. the head from. The, you don't know who who got you knocked out, dude. Mm, I know. i so mad. All but right, calm Chloe, it down. Calm Chloe Vigney is really good. At, she's a great actress. I think very, she gets
1: overlooked too much. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a TV show, Big Love. Have you ever seen I that? Have not, I know she's supposed to be she's, really good. The bit. whole show is really good. And they actually, it's one of the shows that they were able to end it well. I think too many people, not discount her, but just overlook her. But I she's think, really good.
0: I think that one movie she did kind of derailed her career. Oh, level. The Brown but Bunny? The Brown Bunny.
1: That's, I understand. Kind of put her on. Yeah.
0: But they're still coming back. But, yeah. but
1: but here's the thing. She's an actress and actresses take risks. And exactly, yeah. I'm, if you're not in the business and you don't, if you don't understand that, if you're somebody outside looking in and if you don't understand that, you need to understand that. Like, people take roles to take risks. That's what they do. Some actors are like, this, some actors and actresses aren't like that. They get, they played safe. They don't, they only know what they want to do. But, you know, Close to Being is one of her first movies with kids. Kids is messed up. Kids is, really kids is a messed, messed up movie. Yeah. And it's. But that's, but you know what? She's a really good actress. So she, and she has been in a ton of stuff. Like she's great in American Psycho. Like even like when she discovers
0: yep. what he is. Uh, so she's really good in Russian doll.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I don't understand why this has become a defense of her because she's yeah. great. There's no, no defense. She, yeah, of her. Yeah. Just, I'm just. just saying. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. No, really I agree. Agreed. World, agreed. Really
0: All
1: right. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find us? Cause I think we're done talking. <laughs> Oh, why do you think this movie's forgotten? <laughs> oh, should we go? The entire movie has been, I think. Wild. Oh, no, this is a bit. Yeah, this episode is why the whole episode is the. But it's like it's not forgotten because oh, it's such a good movie. It's forgotten. It's forgotten because it's flawed. It's extremely flawed.
0: I'm wondering if we put this on the list because you were like, it's probably one of those moments where we were doing another noir movie. And you're like, you know, what's a good noir that takes place in Florida where it's all hot outside Palmetto. And I was like, oh, I'll put it on the list. I never saw it. It was probably some kind of like, yeah, I mean, not really like you remembering how good it was.
1: But I think like I told you uh, off air, uh, I think I'm confusing some of this movie with another one. And I don't know which one it is. I don't know which movie I'm confusing it with.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. like I told you, I have this image of something where it ends in a parking lot. Yeah, you have the end of a different movie in your head. And I don't remember what movie that is. But I do remember that was Florida. You know what I mean? Like, I, Or it was a hot climate. It was a
0: Florida noir, but yeah. But who
1: knows? Uh, I'll, maybe I'll figure it one day.
0: One day we'll do it on Forgotten Cinema. <laughs> season 73. Right. So now <laughs> tell everyone where they can find us. You can find us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we are part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. You can also find us on the social medias at Forgotten Cinema or Forgotten Cinema Pod, depending on where you go. We post every weekday. We have fun little commercials every Thursday about the episodes coming out. Uh, Please feel free to email us at ForgottenCinemaPodcast at gmail.com. Give us your movie suggestions. We won't do them right away because we have a big list of movies, but we promise we will get to them. Also, obviously you can find us wherever podcasts can be found.
1: We are everywhere.
0: Join us next week. As we talk about the 2011 Tinker
1: Taylor soldier spy. Did you, you put this on the list?
0: I put all the spy movies. Interesting.
1: (laughs) Spy movies are mind war movies, Mike. Uh, (laughs) All right then. So we are doing that next week. Tinker Taylor soldier spy. Hurry up and read the book before we do the movie. I know it's it's not too long, right? All right. All right. We'll see you next week. I'm Mike field. I'm Mike Butler. And this has been forgotten cinema.